0: Warning the outsiders edge contains strong opinions unconventional views and contrarian stances listen if you dare
1: hey yo
2: I'd like to thank you for listening to another episode of The Outsider's Edge, but we got something a little special for you guys today. First, it's your boy Rance, Ray K, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Let me introduce my partner in crime, Mr. Carl Irvin. What's happening, Carl? How you doing?
1: Um, I'm claustrophobic because I'm on Skype and there's a lot of people in my window screen. But other than that, I'm great. So go ahead and introduce the people that are guests because uh, I'm not that important.
2: Well, I mean, like, your name is on the damn marquee of the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Eh, they're here for you, let's oh, be honest.
2: Well, uh, thank you. And you're right, but thank you. Uh, let me also introduce my other partner in crime, my golden lover's brethren, Kyle, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's happening, man? How you doing, man? I don't know, Carl. I feel like they're just as much here for me
3: as they are <laughs> I'm just a
1: cocky motherfucker. Well, everyone needs... Rance always has to have someone to keep his ass in line. That's part of the problem. Because otherwise, if you let him get off the rails too much, it becomes like nobody would listen to us anymore because so he will be screaming at everybody. I know how you are. We know how you are, Rance. That's why I'm here. That's why He'll Kyle's say that there.
3: To say this. He'll say all that to say
1: this. Yeah, that's right. That is, that, that's his line. I'll say all that to say this. If we ever make shirts one day, that's the first one that's going up.
2: I... uh. I don't appreciate that, guys, but okay.
4: <laughs>
2: but we have a special collaborative or extravaganza episode for you because we have our brothers from across the pond. We got the homies Ricky and Clive with us. What's happening?
4: Good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> Good afternoon.
0: Yeah, just to say, I'm I'm here for Carl. I'm not here for
2: Rance.
1: Uh-huh, that's right.
0: <laughs>
1: We're thinking about I'm, that.
2: And I'm deleting you off WhatsApp as we (laughs) speak. So to give you some background, uh, I have some stuff going on personally in my life that I thought I wasn't going to be able to be here. Ricky and Clive was already scheduled to be on the show regardless. Kyle, who, of course, is basically the third member of the show and always is willing to step in for us, kind of took over for me tonight. And Carl decided he wanted to record this week. So, it just happened to be all five of us. So, yeah. Um, this is going to be a clusterfuck. I I know this. Y'all know this. But we're going to try to get through it. So, uh, I got my glasses on because I'm moderating today. So, I have to look presentable. You guys can't see it. but Well, listening. But they can. So, uh, I guess we'll start with the first topic. Um, the biggest news of the week has to be that finally... Uh, wwe has decided to uh give and sanction their first ever women's all women's pay-per-view um it's called evolution what? a word that triple H seems to use a lot uh but uh it is complete it's gonna be a regular pay-per-view in october um on long island i believe it's gonna be at and the raw women's championship is gonna be on the line uh SmackDown Women's Championship is going to be on the line. NXT Women's Championship is going to be on the line. I believe the NXT UK Champion Women's Championship is going to be on the line. The May Young Classic Finals are going to be there, and it's going to be like a celebration of everything women from, in wrestling, as, as Stephanie put it, then now forever, which is the tagline. So uh, I'm going to start with the sleepiest of the bunch. Ricky, what do you think man? <laughs> are you with it? Do you like it? Do you have any problems with it? Tell me what you think about evolution. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Um, Is, was that on purpose? Did you say all in on purpose? Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: it was. Um, my only, my only reservation about it was, I was hoping it didn't make the announcement in the aftermath of the greatest Royal Rumble, because. To me, if they'd done that, it was almost it would have been a case of maybe trying to save face uh, because of the amount of backlash they got. Sure. So it, it would have almost come across like we don't think we deserve this, we're only doing it just to make us make it look like we are saving face. But no, I'm 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 completely on board with it. Um, I I I hope they give us some proper storylines going into it, and they're not just going to throw everyone and anyone on the card. But yeah, my thoughts are I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um it's overdue. But like I say my, my my main thing about it is don't just throw anyone and everyone on it. Like give us proper re- give us proper storylines going
2: into it and
0: give us matches that, that we
2: we genuinely want
0: to see and care about.
2: Well you're not in Carl, so Tim what do you think?
0: <laughs> well, I do agree with
1: him. I was uh I was first I was kinda of thinking about what you were saying about how it kind of looks like, you know, maybe they're trying to save face. I I, I think part of that, like, I think it was smart to wait because it looks better. Well, it does. But the the thing about what the greatest world rumble was, they took a lot of heat for that. And I don't, and I think it would actually have been just, if you had just gone right to the women's pay-per-view immediately, I think all of a sudden you're looking at something where it's like, okay, you guys are just throwing them a bone. And and because in reality, if you think about it. We've all it's all been leading up to this anyway. we this is it's like he said it's a long long overdue. But you kind of saw this. You've kind of seen this for a while coming, you know. And it kind of started with the women doing more matches that they had never done before. You know, for example, the Hell in a Cell match and the Royal Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we all saw it coming. And but they didn't when they did that. They didn't do it like. One week after the next, you know, they took time in between each step going up the ladder to getting to this point, which is why I think that it's good that they waited as long as they did post greatest Royal Rumble. Um, But I'm kind of I do agree with you that I don't want them to just throw random matches on the card. I know that they will because they're going to I figure they will because they're going to have a lot of the legendary women on the show as well. I'm thinking maybe some kind of battle royal or something. I don't know, but.
2: They say think, they like Battle Royals on shows like this. so maybe. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, you know, I, I'm with you, though, but it seems like they've got a good outline. Because if you look at the matches that we know for sure are going to be on the card, the championship matches and the May Young Classic Finals. So they've got – they're going to have a good core of matches with stories behind them. So if they do throw a few on there that are just kind of like, hey, here's a Battle Royal, sure. I can live with that. Probably
2: uh, maybe maybe a SmackDown versus Raw tag or something like that. Something like that could work, yeah. yeah.
1: But I think there's going to be a few things that are going to be kind of thrown together because honestly, most WWE pay-per-views have something that's just kind of slapped on there, so it's not really. To me, that won't be that big of a deal.
2: Uh, Kyle, one thing that she mentioned that she mentioned in the uh, announcement was she mentioned upwards of fifty women at the pay-per-view. Do you think that's too many? Do you think they're too worried about the nostalgia factor? Or do you think the nostalgia factor and kind of a thank you to the women past is what's necessary for this show? Because you know how we are as fans. We're very critical of things and we're very, we want things to stay extremely current. So do you think that the nostalgia is going to be too much for this show?
4: Well,
3: First of all, it's almost like you read my mind because I was just thinking about how they had announced 50 women for the show. Golden lovers, brother. We're here. But I I did a little background research, you know. Uh, You guys know I'm a teacher, so I'm all about doing the research. I did a little background research. If you include all of the women on Raw, all of the women on SmackDown, all of the women in NXT and all the women in NXT UK, there's 43 women on the roster.
2: And these are just people on TV? And these
3: are just, yeah, these are just the women that are actively employed by the company right now on all three rosters. So there are, you know, realistically, some of those women, you know, some of those women might not make the show. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then. And a couple of the people who are not yet signed that I think will, or they're signed but they're not on a brand that I think will make the show are Diana Perazzo and Io Shirai.
2: Yeah, that's probably going to be the May Young Finals, what
3: people are yeah, I thinking fu- it will be. Yeah, I fully expect both of them will be on the show, but they're not technically on a brand yet. So you're looking at, like, 45 women that they employ actively full-time right now. So, okay. realistically, they might only need a handful of legends to come in. Well, I think
2: we can fair. expect Trish, I think we can expect Lita... And we can definitely expect the Bellas because they want to come back anyway. They're just looking for the right time to come back. Anybody that you would like to see that makes sense? And and when I say makes sense, I'm like, you know, like, that can actually wrestle a a competent match. I got two
3: that I would like to see. Molly Holly and... Yeah. Molly Holly and Victoria. Okay, I I can see that. Both of them come back... I want Victoria to come back, and for no other reason than the Widow's Peak is one of the most badass finishing moves. Fire, absolutely. I think
1: I think we could see real quick before we um, before anybody else jumps in. I, I want to say I, would, I think we'll see potentially Beth Phoenix, and I would like to see, I would love to see. Actually, I don't know how plausible it is, but I would love to see Lay Cool, especially considering you got the Iconics. You could have some kind of little thing there because of how. They're just so they were also in love with each other or whatever, but I think that would be cool. But I don't think it'll happen. But I would like to see. I that. think Which, Layla's
3: the wild card there, Michelle Layla's McCool,
2: yeah. to do it in a heartbeat because she's married to the Undertaker. Layla's right. the wild card
3: there.
1: Yeah,
2: and you, you know, know Layla's married to a former wrestler too, Ricky Ortiz. But she's said numerous times, I think I'm done with my career. I'm very happy. She's. Uh, she doesn't actually, have to be in a match though. She could. She could, could just, be there. That's a good point. Yeah, like especially if we're doing
3: something with the iconics. Let's be real, Billy Kay don't need to wrestle; she can be a cheater.
1: You Really? Need to... I hope Eva Marie comes back. Can we make that happen? Because no. she's the legendary. No. No. no? Well, no. she'll. No. How about this. They announce her, but she doesn't make
2: it. How about no. That? I guess. no. <laughs> we'll
3: put her and Kelly Kelly in the main event. Yeah,
2: I'm down. I'm here for her. let's do it. That'll put butts in the seats. Um, <laughs> Brian. I, I, well, Clive, I wanted to come to you last because on Ricky and Clive yesterday, you actually, while you're for it, and I think all of us, most people who are wrestling fans, are absolutely for this, but you did have some worries and concerns. Uh, so I kind of, would you mind saying them here?
4: The concerns were basically one of the things that I was thinking of, you said at the start there celebration. And over the last three years, we've had a lot of celebratory moments for the women's divisions on both brands and NXT as well. Um, First ever Royal Rumble, main event, ladder match, a lot of firsts. So there has definitely been a celebratory feel. And while it's fine that they're going to celebrate with the all-women pay-per-view, I hope it's more of a case of celebrating good booking Good matches, good storylines going in. So, if if that makes sense, that the guy said it earlier, there could be a few matches thrown together, like battle royals or something. But if we've got storylines going in, that's three months we've got now. There's plenty of time to get things going. One of the things off the top of my head there was, you could on well, it'd be hard to shoehorn in, but you could maybe get some sort of interaction between both sets of the four horsewomen.
2: That's that's probably going okay. to happen.
4: I don't know if it's probable, but it is possible.
2: Well, Marina Shafir so, and Jasmine Duke, who are the other two members of the Four Horsewomen, not only have not only have they officially signed with NXT, but today's Thursday. Tonight they're making their official debut at the Largo Live event. So right. it's very possible. I'm not saying a, a four and four match might happen, but some type of backstage segment or clash is very possible.
4: So I was just thinking what you were asking me about, what I was saying on the Ricky and Clive show. If this ends up a flop, I really hope it doesn't, but people will immediately go to the mindset that this is a flop because it's women's wrestling and they've got their own show when it should realistically be it's a flop because just like quite a few of the pay-per-views we've had this year, the creative's not been great, match outcomes have not been great. That, so that's the criticism have,
2: of WWE as a whole, sure.
4: Yeah, so I'd rather it was the WWE um, creative team that were criticized, not just because it's women wrestling.
2: Well, that's a very good point, because I'm sure if something goes wrong, they'll dump on the idea of the women getting their show. Uh, that'll probably be a lot of the rhetoric. But I have a I have a bigger question that I want to open up to all you guys. You said that you would hope that more than anything is just a good, it's just well booked, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What's more important to you in a first like this? And when I say first, like <laughs> this is the first show of its kind in WWE. We know Shimmer and Shine exist, and Joshi Wrestling has been around for decades, and we know TNA's had their own things. But for WWE, the, the big house on the hill, this is the first time they've done anything to this, to this extent. So, do you think that it's more important to be a celebration uh, of, of nostalgia, kind of like the Rumble was? Or should they say screw all that and just focus on current stories? Like, what's more important, do you think? Uh, I, I want to start with Ricky, get you back in. Ooh, I, think you can, I think you can go somewhere right down the middle. Um, well, that's the goal, but I mean, what would you prefer personally? Oh,
0: personally, uh, I'm all about the wrestling. If I'm honest, okay. um, I can understand if maybe they did what they did want to go down the whole celebratory route, but I feel like it it would be you would make more of a point if you just says these are all women wrestlers, this is what they are capable of, and you just showcase the wrestling talent.
2: Well, the argument I there have is... a feeling. oh sorry, you go. Well, I was gonna say the argument to that is, uh, and I want you to finish. I'm gonna go to Carl next. But the argument there is that for the first one, you have all these generations of women, Trish, Lita, Victoria, Mickey, Jacqueline, Ivory, and so on and so forth, Michelle and Layla, and Beth Phoenix, and go down the line, China rest her soul, who never had a chance to experience something like this, so it's nothing to give them a payday and a a visual and a thank you, and some people will say that that's just as important, so what do you say to that
0: That, that's why i think that's the way they'll go
2: that's why i think
0: you 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 may struggle to get them all on the card if you don't do some sort of battle royal royal rumble thing um or so i would just if they are going to go down that route like getting us a 20 women battle royal for instance i just hope that maybe they say the incentive for that would be the winner gets a title shot of their of
2: their brand something something of importance sure
0: that, that, that's why I've never really bought into the the Andre, Andre. Andre the Giant. You don't like the cute no, ass trophy? You don't like the cute-ass trophy? No, I can pass on that. Just, I feel like if you give us some sort of incentive for them to want to win it and for us to be invested in it, I think
2: that would that would go a long way. That's fair. Um, speaking of rumbles, Carl, you were one of the biggest proponents of the women's rumble.
1: I was, yeah. You Man. loved it. I did. I thought it was better than the men's, <laughs> and I, I mean, I thought it was spectacular. Really, the way they the way they put it together, the way they
2: structured it, um, it was built around nostalgia.
1: Yeah, it was. And but here's the thing about this: I'm actually normally I would disagree with you, Ricky, about this, but I'm going to agree with you that the focus here should be on the, on the on the wrestling. And the reason why I say that is because I have. Sometimes, and now, granted, let's all remember none of us are women, okay? So we're speaking things on what we think, so we have no idea, you know, what what they would rather see. But I, what see, I you think he ever would be is
2: that, yelling at us right now,
1: <laughs> right? But so here's the way I kind of see it: <laughs> if if you go out there and you turn this into this big celebration, which it should be, but if that's like your main focus, and the end of the night is some brouhaha where we're like, yay, and everyone's throwing their hands up in the air. It's going to feel way too on the nose, overdone, overkill. Like we get it. Like the women are going to, I feel like women are going to be like, yes, yes. Thank you. Like, I think just give them a good wrestling show with the storylines built in, you know, they'll still have your entertainment factor. It's, it's an entertainment company. We know this, but put on good produced matches with well-told stories and a few things that are in there for you know that are fun, just like they do at WrestleMania, just like they do at SummerSlam. Treat it like a big four. That's the way I think they should do it. I Treat it like a big be. four pay per view, and okay. make it you know those big four pay per views work because they're they have something for everybody. Yeah. You know, and you've got to do the same here. But I think definitely showcase the wrestling side of this because for years and years and years, women's wrestling has been dumped on, especially within the WWE. For all the you know name a name of reason people want to dump on it, but the that's bottom line great. is, is that, if you yeah. focus on the wrestling, I think you will make everyone happy. So I'm with you, Ricky. I think that's I think you're right.
2: Kyle, do you think that there is a fatigue, uh, a fatigue among wrestling fans with all these women's celebratory moments and firsts? Grant, now you have to understand why there are so many. And why they are so celebrated but do you think there's fatigue among us as fans I
3: don't think
2: I don't think it's so much fatigue
3: because I feel like fatigue implies that people are tired of it I don't think people are tired of women getting the opportunities I think people are starting to feel like like Carl was just talking about on the nose a lot of these things are starting to feel a little forced and some um, like the announcement of the women's pay-per-view I'm on board with the women's show. I'm very much excited about the women's show. They drug that shit out for like 20 minutes.
2: And they mentioned
3: it every segment, the rest of the show, both shows. Yeah, And that's kind of, I think, more where the fatigue comes in. It's not that people are fatigued on a women's show. I think people just feel like they're going so far out of their way to remind you about these events and I think, it's coming from a, I think it's coming from a good place because they want to put those talents out there and they want to promote it and they want this to be successful. But it's also a fine line between doing that and coming across as a little forced. Disingenuous,
1: Disingenuous a little bit, yeah.
3: Yes. Um, and to answer the other question on the balance between the wrestling and the nostalgia, I think that this is where, you know, I hate Kevin Dunn because he's a terrible person. <laughs> but he's great as his job. Yeah, this is where those Kevin Dunn video packages should be coming in handy because oh, a lot well, of the, fire. a lot of the women legends can't go at the level they used to be able to for a large number of different reasons. I you know. I think back to Lita in the Women's Royal Rumble. I was gonna see Lita because she, but she did a couple of moves, and I was reminded why I am glad that oh. Lita retired. Yes, and so I would rather see more things like you know let's highlight some of the legendary rivalries, let's highlight some of the non Braun panties type stuff from okay. back in the day, some of the legit stuff um, okay. and let the girls that are
2: doing it now have more of the ring time uh, with some of the legends that Ken sure. Uh, Brian, last word, and I'm going to ask one more question about this. We move on. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What do you What do you think? Do you think nostalgia, or do you do you think nostalgia is important? Uh, or since you, since your concern is wrestling, do you even think no, oh, nostalgia this. should be a thing?
4: I thought you were uh, going to ask me another question. There, apologies.
2: Well, I do have uh, another question after this. Yes.
4: Okay nostalgia has outstayed its welcome on wwe tv for me in general in general okay. um it was welcome in the women's royal rumble the in, uh, in january so i do agree i think it would be okay at first to do it with this upcoming evolution but what i'd rather have was if they did the nostalgia stuff and if they played it up with michael cole mentioning it every five minutes okay (laughs) but i would rather they went into the show with more uh, more story in mind or if they left the show with a hot angle because i was thinking back see when the may young classic was on i can't maybe it was just the social media circles i was reading and stuff like that but people weren't saying wow nxt had a women's only two this is fantastic wow how good Shayna Baszler wow did you see the Tony Storm Piper Niven match we were talking about individual moments rather than they had a a women's wrestling show that's how I felt it was anyway Um, another example was the last man last woman standing match between Nikki Cross and Asuka where it was just a case of this has turned into a very quick blood feud it wasn't um, this is the first ever last woman standing match they were talking about just the story. So, nostalgia is fine to a certain extent, but if this is going to be a regular thing going forward, and if it does become an unofficial part of the Big Four, Big Five family, then the nostalgia should calm down, hopefully, really quickly.
2: I uh, I think that nostalgia is important in situations like this because uh, when you have a group that's been severely disenfranchised for a long time, such as women in wrestling um it's important to acknowledge the past shortcomings of the companies and the promoters so i feel like wanting to prop the rest of those women who paved the way you know you can even go back to i know she's taboo to say her name but the mula may young days wendy richter uh bertha faye like all all these women um Bull Nagano, even all the Joshi women who Sierra would kill me if I didn't remember their names. But it's... uh, I feel like it's important for the very first time to acknowledge and appreciate because you'll never have another first. Once Once it's the first, it becomes normal. We've never had these firsts, and there's a reason that we haven't had these firsts. And I feel like that reason needs to be acknowledged. We were a shitty society. And we're a better society... That has acknowledged our shortcomings, and we are giving those pe- these people who didn't have these opportunities before the exact same equal opportunities. So let's say we fucked up. Let's give these women who didn't get the chance to have these chances that Alexa and Carmella and Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and Becky and so on and so forth are getting. Um, so, I mean, while I think ultimately the show will fail if there isn't great wrestling... I think the nostalgia aspect is more important than anything in this one show, because you want to make sure people understand the importance of the show. Uh, so before before we move on from this topic, I want to ask all you guys: give me one dream match you want to see on the show. Uh, so we'll go in the same order. Go ahead, and start, Ricky.
4: Mm,
2: anything would... you want, they just have to be alive. Oh. It has to be possible, basically. I think maybe
0: Trish versus Sasha Banks. Okay. But if, or maybe the four horse, or the four horsewomen. So the four horsewomen. Horse yeah, yeah. I'll i I'll, I'll, I'll say Sasha versus Trish. So I feel like we got we got a little. I wasn't so much a tease, but we had they had the little the running at the the Royal Rumble. I, I just feel yeah. that that definitely would appeal to me more than anything else. Um, or do we get maybe the, a fatal four-way with the the four horsewomen of wrestling?
2: I I don't know how much they'll go between the brands, but that'd be a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl.
0: Uh, I'll give you.
1: Unfortunately, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you a fun one. Of and I'm going to give you an. Rules.
2: You
4: and I'm going to
1: give you and I'm going to give you a serious one this is my show, damn it. So I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a fun one. And I'm going to give you, an, it's it's not a dream match because it's happened before, but it's nostalgic. I would actually like to see Trish and Mickey have one more match. Um, outside of that, I've talked about this before, what I would really like to see if you guys watch glow. I don't know how many of you guys watch that yeah, show or not, but I would show. like to, I would like to see Lana and Zoya versus Liberty Bell and Lacey Evans. That's what I want to see. I think that oh would be
2: outstanding. God, the the, yes. the the undertones yes. of the 80s would be like crazy. I'm telling you. Just hey, man. it's
1: kind of cur- a little current day too. If you want, if you want to yeah. get real
2: with, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead,
3: Kyle. Uh, well, Carl took one of mine because I was gonna say I'd love to see Mickey and Trish go back one more time. Um, but all right, I'll give you an off the wall one, but I think it would be a really good match:
2: Molly Holly versus Bailey. That would be Ooh. really yeah. different, but it would probably be fire. The only thing would be do you run that face versus face or do you make Molly go Dark on her oh, again?
3: No. I, I, I embrace full on crazy
2: mode Molly Holly. Okay. Well, there's no bigger Molly Holly oh. fan I've ever met in my life. Than Actually live. No, before he goes, let me let me change
3: that. I'm gonna go real old school. Mighty Molly.
2: It's Fantastic.
4: Okay, I like it. Go ahead, Clive. Serious one. Ricky mentioned it, but I would... The fatal four-way between the wrestling's 4 horsewomen seems to go unremembered quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Stuck in a takeover, so I think on a bigger stage, at the biggest stage that the women have ever had, a match between those four. And when you think about it, storyline-wise, that could actually over the next three months um, so that would be my serious pick the, the sports entertainment pick and I'm dead serious here I think it would be good fun um, Trish Stratus and Mickey James teaming up against the Iconics
2: Trish and, Could and be good, it, yeah see I was thinking that if anybody team, it would be the Iconics probably versus the Bellas and probably Trish and Lita versus Mickey and Alexa. All right. Well, uh, I would be interested in N- you. I'll be interested in every match you guys said, I'd watch like hell. Natalia versus Beth Phoenix. Well, see, he, so the Beth Phoenix thing, I think Beth is going to be on commentary. So I, thought, I saw something on Twitter that someone said that she's
0: going to be wrestling. Well, I was sure sure trying she to her. find it
2: again. Commentary. I want Renee. I on the well, Renee's yeah, I, gonna I, I be play she, by play, obviously, if she does anything. Probably an yeah,
0: old women's an all women's commentary team.
2: I would be on board with that.
3: Have Renee doing that. Have the girl from NXT doing the backstage interviews. I can't remember her name right now.
1: Kayla Braxton.
3: Yeah, have her doing backstage interviews.
1: Like
2: Damn, doing Carl. all women's production team. <laughs> have she Jacqueline was... get the referee shirt out. Right. And well, you know, uh, Jessica Carr is a ref in NC and they just added a second one.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so have all female officials, all female staff, yeah, you know, bring bring Lillian Garcia in to be the ring announcer.
4: <laughs> An old female. Party. Well, I
3: mean, they have they have
1: JoJo. <laughs> <laughs>
3: JoJo, yeah, but we're talking like a combination of the nostalgia yeah, and I the fun. I
1: got you. I got you. Let How about Nia Jax versus Tamina, so we can finally get that epic stare down. That we got the conclusion no, of that epic series. No,
3: hey,
1: I love that. I I'm just I'm I'm awesome someone.
2: What that, you what I, you say,
3: I said one, if I want Nia to face a monster, I want her to face Awesome Khan. Brinkia Stevens in.
1: Hell oh, yeah. Hey, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd like to see that.
2: What'd you say, Brian?
4: I've got one more dream match for you. The whole pay per view is a fifty woman gauntlet match. Total and. <laughs> Nikki Cross comes in at number one and leaves as the winner after four hours of neck breakers and, and screaming.
0: No no, 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 bias there at all. Zero right?
2: No.
4: Well, okay. Face and paint.
2: There's only two people he loves more than two women he loves more than Nikki. That's Viper Piper, aka Piper Niven, and that's session Martha Martina. Yeah, she's awesome. We're going yes. to see both on Sunday. <laughs> Shout out to those women too, by the way, because they're killing it right now. Um, so let's 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 move on to SummerSlam because that's the more current show. It's starting to it's starting to form into shape. Uh, we have an idea of what some idea of what our main events are going to be. Uh, Brian and Miz will surely be made soon. Um, Carmella will be facing Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa. And Ronda for the World Women's Championship, Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman in a very interesting match where if Braun loses by any way, disqualification, to count out, submission or pin, he loses the briefcase and we have our main events. So gentlemen, I'm gonna go the opposite way we started. I'm gonna start with Brian. Your favorite wrestler in the world is one Brock Lesnar. Uh first, how do you feel about Brock and Roman time number two hundred?
4: It's not it, time number 200.
2: Oh, well, uh, realistically... Oh, yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> the size. I, I,
4: I, I, there's nothing I even want to add. Sorry, I know we're a panel here, a discussion team, but I just want that title off, Brock. A-S-A-P. I don't care if they give it to Kurt Hawkins. I don't care if they give it to Jonathan Coachman. Just get the title off, Brock.
2: I have heard this rant before.
4: By (laughs) by
1: myself. They did a whole
2: damn show on this exact (laughs) premise. So let me change the question. And then we'll go back to you, Kyle, after this. Let me change the question. Do you think that Roman versus Brock in the way that they presented it to us, is overdone.
4: No. Okay. It's not. Okay. A very quick thing I want to say. Taking away the match itself, if, and I mean if, Roman ends up winning. When he was a champion in 2016, he had a good couple of months with the title. The booking was good. The matches were really good with AJ Styles and then the Shield guys. So... Maybe people have a short memory when they think, oh, Roman's going to be the champion. This is going to be shit. It wasn't shit when he was the champion the last time. So try and bear that in mind because you're going to have a lot of people gunning for Roman Reigns if he wins it. And just like when John Cena was at his peak and people were always really excited to see who was going to face John Cena next, we could get that again with Roman Reigns. So just bear that in mind if you you really don't want Roman Reigns to be the champion because it might not be for long.
2: I think at this point, people, like you said, don't care if Vince wins the damn title himself. They just want it on Raw every week and off of Brock. But uh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, and to uh, back up Brian's point, like,
3: my issue, you know, I am not a Roman Reigns defender. I don't hate Roman, but I'm not a defender either. But my issue with this rivalry has never been Roman. My issue is Brock, and it's not even Brock because he's never around. Because, like, I know that that's all just their master plan of trying to work the Smarks and turn him into this new school heel. So, like, I understand the business end of that. My issue with Brock is that the matches aren't good anymore because they're so repetitive.
2: Yes. That's
3: my issue with Brock. because I, And because I know what he can do in the ring and I know how good he's capable of being— Seeing German Suplex F five German Suplex F five just isn't gonna do it for me, and I'd just rather not see it at all.
2: Okay, Carl. So with that being said, do you think they'll deliver, Carl?
1: Do you think they'll deliver?
2: Yes. Um, and granted, before they this is this will be their sixth time in some form or fashion wrestling each other since since uh, right 2014. And so, okay, Cloud's gonna give him a turd sandwich. Listen, th- turd sandwich, George
3: Andrews.
1: <laughs> yeah. if, if you're asking me if the that specific match will deliver, I, the answer to, was gonna be I don't think it will. Okay, um, I, I think I think the end result is going to deliver. That's that's what I'm gonna say about it, and I have my reasons for thinking that. We'll get to that at some point when we when you and I predict SummerSlam. Yeah. But I think when it's all said and done at the end of the night, I think. People, some people are going to be happy, but no, I don't think the match itself will deliver. And I want to just add on to what Kyle was saying about his issues with Brock and how repetitive his matches have been. Can we not let Paul Heyman off the hook here? As great as Paul Heyman mm-hmm. is, Paul Heyman's promo is the same promo every time now. Essentially, he just adds a different guy and, and says a few extra quips about that guy. It's the same thing. He's made this, really this few, Brock Lesnar has made me hate Paul Heyman as much as that wow. boggles my mind to say. I'm tired of him too. Like, well, and it's
3: really just a variation of the same promo he did when he was managing CM Punk. They sure. just, he just inserts Rock's nicknames instead of Punk's nicknames.
2: Well, go back to the original Next Big Thing, Paul Heyman.
4: 2002.
2: Yeah. Um, Is that an admonition that- on Paul? Is he more I don't, of a pony than we want to think he is?
1: I don't think so. I just, because, I mean, he's, I, I think it's just a combination of Brock. Because I think if it was anybody else, we'd still put up with it. You know, it's just everyone is tired of hearing the reigning, defending, whatever the fuck. I can't or- even, and disputed. Like, they're just tired of hearing all that. You well, know that what I mean? Over like, and over.
2: That sounds more like the problem is him being champ, right? Because if he's not the champ, it is. There be issues?
1: I, no, probably not. I don't. But I don't know that. Hey, I think Heyman could find a new way to to work Brock's how he is. Of course, I get it. It's right. hard to when Brock isn't any different, it's you know. True. But I think there yeah. could be a way to implement it. You know, when he's do, when he did it with CM Punk, you know, I hardly remember that time period. I've a lot of that out of my head over the years. But like you said, you know, he used all his nicknames. Like I think Heyman. I know he's creative. I mean, they've, there's rumors of him going back to the to the writing's team and helping out there. So I know he knows, and he's had moments. I thought with Samoa Joe, they did some good stuff last year. Um, but I just I feel like something about it. Just I feel like the whole package, the the Brock payment package. is just, yeah. just stale. yeah, it's just boring. I'm, I'm just yeah.
3: diminishing returns. The first time you saw it, it was badass. Here we are five years later, and it's the exact same. Right. It's not changed at all. The formula is the exact same. So now that the returns have diminished to the point where it's it's bordering on X-Pac heat. It's like, no, <laughs> I just want to turn my TV off. I, I care so little that I just want to change the channel.
2: Let it be let it be noted that I don't believe in X-Pac heat, but your point is very duly noted. Um, Ricky, let, I want to get back to the match. I know you have ah. the most famous social suplex saying ever <laughs> in Fulk Brock. <laughs> My question to you is, what do you think that they could feasibly do in just their match, not saying any post-match or shenanigans, but in their match that would get people interested? People interested.
0: I would do the exact opposite of what took do, what took place at WrestleMania.
2: So have like I would I would have Roman.
0: I would have Roman beat the shit out of Brock. Um, I think we're all probably in agreement that we all think Brock's not leaving SummerSlam with the title well Kyle I don't think he is no I don't think he
1: is either
4: you don't think he's I uh, I, I, I don't don't think
1: he's leaving with the title of course it wouldn't fucking shock me but I don't think he is nothing shocks me
3: anymore
4: there's still the briefcase as well
0: yeah I mean it, I think worst case is that he definitely won't believe in the raw the night after with the title yeah yeah so I would I would just go the other way I would have Roman I would have Roman beat the living hell out of Brock, and I would put the title on Roman I you do whatever you want with the cash in after if you want Um for just get the title off Brock now. Um, for me, the first title run he had was... I enjoyed that. It was kind of fun because it was quite different. But now it's just... like um, it, It's just too repetitive. Just like his matches, it's too... It's just... It doesn't feel like a big deal anymore when we see him.
2: Okay. So... I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Big Deal, because speaking of Big Deals, it's no secret that he has uh, signed to fight another fight in the UFC. He's joining back the youth side of pool, so it's official. Um, him and Daniel Cormier will be, will be fighting in January, I believe, um, for the UFC uh, heavyweight championship. I want to go to Brian again, because Brian is the one guy of the four of us. Well, yeah, so
1: feasibly year. then he could hold on to the belt if they were still trying to do that whole bring Which Brock
2: is- – what I was going to allude to.
1: On to UFC television showing Ah, off the WWE Championship, especially with UFC having their deal with Fox and blah, blah, blah.
2: Uh, Brian is the one guy of the the five of us who really gives no shit about mixed martial arts whatsoever. Um, But my question to you (laughs) is, uh, with all the different parts floating around with the whole Roman saga of will he finally beat him, Uh, braun or even kevin owens lying in the woodwork to possibly cash in on on brock the fatigue of the crowd that's very audible and now and known that they're tired of brock having the championship uh all the things do you think there is any relevance to uh having brock stay champ just for the purposes of this super fight
4: well personally speaking no
2: but, but do you see any merit of it?
4: Has any has this happened before in UFC or anywhere else where was, people have got credibility based on their wrestling career?
2: The, like no? pro wrestling career? This is there's only been two pro wrestlers to make any steam in the UFC, and that's Punk and Brock. Punk was trash, Brock was good, Lashley was good in Bellator, uh Batista was good in Stry- was Strike Force? Right, of course, yeah. 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 So, like, some other guys have fought, but it's actually been more of the other side. More UFC guys come and wrestle. Filthy Tom mm-hmm. Lawler is actually signed MLW. Chel Sonnen Ken. loves pro wrestling.
0: Well, oh, DC.
2: Yeah. There, Cormier DC, is man. a huge. Re- Cormier and Seth Rollins are, like, super tight. Like, so it's normally the other side coming over. It's very rarely the, the wrestling side because wrestling looks at people i mean mma fans and mma uh purists look at wrestlers like punk guys mm-hmm. who have who don't have any real background who just think it's cool want to jump in here and think they can do anything and they get their ass whooped
4: well if that's the case i was just saying there then there isn't any merit and that's just on top of my personal opinion that i'm not a I'm not an mma fan um mm-hmm. OK, he might go into the octagon with the red belt. So fuck.
0: <laughs> we, were, we, we were talking about it off-air, um me and Ranch, that there's Dan- no chance in hell that Dana lets him in the octagon with that title. And when he turned up for that segment with DC... I, I don't know. Did they even mention that he was WWE Universal Champion? Well,
2: no, but they was Okay, so let me jump in for just a second. First and foremost, that shit just happened. Right? So they wouldn't have mentioned it there because they don't give a shit about wrestling. But if you go back to the last fight that Brock had, I think it was at 200 uh, Mark against Hunt. Mark Hunt. Right? The, the deal was you could have Brock do a fight. You're gonna mention the entire time he wrestles for us, and we're gonna have an advertisement on your show that he's fighting Randy Orton at SummerSlam. There was a cross promotion of both brands. Dana and Vince are friends. We have to all understand this. They may have, they may know that they're competing against each other, but they are very, friend, very good friends. Dana audibly says he looks up to Vince from a promoter standpoint. So if, well, the fight is signed. The reason I'm asking this, and I want to go. Kyle uh but the reason I'm asking this about the title is I believe it's relevant because there is something in a guy like Vince's mind to say my scripted wrestling champion is bad enough to wrestle your real champion and if he wins that champion well he's the best in MMA and in wrestling which will not only give some legitimacy to the storyline and to the brand and whatnot but can be used in a story because the guy who beats Brock after that if you think Brock beating the streak was hot feasibly there is no greater accomplishment than beating a guy who's the best in reality and in the universe right All
3: right, so I got a couple things I'll say about it Um, number one it makes sense if they're actually going to promote it because when the DC thing happened WWE didn't really mention that shit But like I said, it just happened. That wasn't planned. Well, I know that it wasn't planned, but with all the rewrites that Raw goes through on a continuous basis, and with Vince McMahon and Michael Cole's ear the entire show, you mean to tell me he couldn't just be like, yo, homie, make sure you mention that Brock and Daniel Cormier had a run-in. Make sure you highlight that. That's a good point. So if they're going to actually take advantage of that publicity, absolutely it would make sense. And my other thing on that is if you do that, and Brock does win the UFC match, I don't think he will because I think Cormier going to mop his ass. But if Brock does win that match, if I'm Vince McMahon, Brock drops that title before his next fight because I want my next champion to have beaten the UFC heavyweight champion, and he I'm... brings the UFC title to the fucking ring. You see he the
2: work, right? Both belts. You and so. So, and and to to your credit, Clive, I, I really respect and understand where you're coming from. But surely, if you see Kyle lay it out that way, and I want to go to you, Carl, next. But surely you can see the merit in a guy like Vince's eyes. Oh, my God. Right? Mm.
1: Are you asking him? Because I have mean...
2: Made... Either one of you, either, whoever wants to jump in. Yeah, sure. I... Okay, I- I'll jump
1: in. Let... First of all, this is all beautiful, and we've all got this... Amazing grand plan for legitimizing the WWE. First of all, this—if that's the case—this is just some get in your dick card thing that Vince Man needs to do for himself. WWE is legitimate. They just signed a billion-dollar fucking deal to Fox. That's all it is. I mean, seriously. And think about that for a second. They're just—they just signed for what was it? Five years? I don't even know the the whole numbers, but we're talking the billions, right? Their stock price is through the roof, okay, right now. They're legitimate. This is a legitimate company. And here's the other thing. I don't. I know a lot of wrestling fans like MMA, but if you are a hardcore wrestling fan, you care more about about the WWE than you do the UFC. Like, do you are you really that? Is it really that big of a deal for Brock to show up with his UFC title? As fans, are we just gonna be like, oh my god, it's it's Brock and the UFC title? We already hate Brock. So, like, we, like, he brings well, another bell, and he holds up this one he's got right now for another six, seven months. It's just making it worse, in my I opinion. Mean,
2: let me play devil's advocate, and then uh, I'm going to get back to you, Ricky, but I want to go back to Clive. Let me play devil's advocate. Yeah. If that's the case, then why did we give so much of a fuck when Austin and Tyson fought? I don't even, when they fought? Remember when, when Tyson came? That was right. one of the biggest moments in at that time in wrestling history. It I, wouldn't I do, have been a yeah. big deal if if Tyson was just some dude from the block. But he was the baddest dude from real fighting. Right. I get
1: that. But here's the, another thing I will say this there is a difference in my opinion there. Mike Tyson, in terms of celebrity scale and name scale, is so much. I mean, there's no Brock Lesnar, Cormier. None of those fuckers hold a candle to who Tyson was and his popularity. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that might be part of it because it's, it's Mike fucking Tyson. That's right. Not, when you say Mike Tyson, you say Mike Tyson. When you say Daniel Cormier or Brock Lesnar, you say Brock Lesnar. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just like, nobody sure. loses their shit over those guys. Sure.
2: But, yeah, but I mean, I get it. Media is saying. different, though. Media is different, too. Sure. Whereas now everybody's covering wrestling. Whereas then they had to do anything they could to get covered. But, uh, Clive, give me one more tip. I know I said a lot of shit you don't really care about, but I want to come back to you, and then I want to finish with Ricky.
4: Sorry, the cut out. Are your second there?
2: Oh yeah. Well, I, I just want. I know you're the one person of the five of us who doesn't care. I, I mean, do so. Do you see any correlation to possibly Brock being a dual sport champion and the Tyson and Austin scenario? Because that yeah. they're essentially the same thing.
4: They are essentially the same thing, but as Carol said, and. People who are listening to this can't see, but I'm doing a sort of barometer here. You've got WWE, UFC sort of teetering beside each other, and then like boxing, especially boxing in the 90s, was sky high, and it's a totally different game back then with boxing. I mean, UFC is popular now, but I still don't think UFC is as popular now as boxing was in the 90s.
2: No. No, not at all. But but the media is different, too, which is what... I think I think fills the gap. No MMA fighter even has
3: the celebrity level of a more recent boxer to be involved in wrestling. None of them are Monty Mayweather. Connor McGregor what? is close. Owen McGregor is close,
2: but he's not with UFC right now. Actually he's in well, he just that's the conversation. That's 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 a personal conversation. Connor Connor is in fights to talk to he is in talks to fight. Khabib. Uh, he still is a champion there. Uh, but that's another conversation. But yes, you, the point is valid that Tyson, the, the, the level that Tyson was at that point, is higher than anybody we've mentioned. Maybe in this entire show so far. Uh, but Ricky, last thought, man. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, there's, it's.
0: Brock, like Kyle, Kyle says, Brock will lose against DC, that I, I, that has to enter Vince's mind, surely, because this isn't an easy fight at all for Brock. I th- personally, I think Brock will, will win, but we're talking about Cormier, who's probably the second greatest light heavyweight of all time behind John Jones. He's only ever lost to
2: John Jones once. By the way, that's the fight that I think we all want to see is Jones and Lesnar, not Cormier Yeah,
3: and and both of them go long enough without failing a drug test to ever make that happen. Ah, well, in WWE. (laughs) WWE. Yeah, yeah, in WWE, but, like, we want to see that. I want to see that fight for fucking real.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Bones versus Lesnar in the fucking octagon. And and the other thing would be, let's just say Brock retains at SummerSlam we need to understand and accept that we, we then won't see him defend the title until WrestleMania. Essentially, the yeah. only The only time he may get a title defense in would be in the pay-per-view in September or early October.
2: Oh, well, once October hits, bro, it's straight fight count.
0: That's it. Yep, yeah, that's it. And his status for Royal Rumble would be up in the air, which is, I would assume he won't be there. Okay. Just, i, I I'm, i I understand why Vince might think this is a good idea, but just get the fucking title off him already.
2: <laughs> I, I do think Sorry. that is in the cards. Um, yeah, I, I do. I,
0: yeah, I think the, the 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 stipulation between Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. I think as soon as he made that kind of, that match, my mind was made up that Brock wasn't leaving Summerslam with the title. Um, even, I would have. I think I might have done it slightly different, but you know, I'm I'm in favor of any full time guy getting the title off him, so I don't care who it is.
2: Even even more than that, I think when when uh he made the announcement, when Kurt made the announcement uh, at the beginning of Extreme Rules, that Brock had to show up. And either defend his title, come to RAW, or stri- or get stripped. I think that was the acknowledgement to the crowd that yeah, this is just about over. Uh, because I mean, you we all watched. Y'all saw the pop that got. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest pop of the night. Just for an announcement of a dude having to possibly give up his title, they gave a yes chant. Um, but uh, that's that. We we had to talk about that. We got through it. Let's get to the other. Uh, Title match, and I'm going to start with my boy Kyle because Kyle is a huge proponent of SmackDown. He is a huge proponent of the WWE Championship. AJ Styles will be facing Samoa Joe in a dream match for those of us who watched TNA in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. My first question to you, sir, is can they live up to the hype? No. All right. Um, Here's here's the thing. Here's
3: the thing. (laughs) You know, I'm glad you started with me because I'm also probably, of the five people here, I'm also probably the one who follows non-WWE wrestling the most. Yes. Um, and I think that this is going to be Shinsuke AJ all over again, Ooh, only worse. Don't, don't say that. Because here's why. No, but here's why. Here's why, man. You and I were there for it in TNA during those good days. Yes. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe headlined a pay-per-view against each other for the first time in 2005. That's 13 years ago. Yes. AJ is now early 40s. Joe is now early 40s. Joe is not as... Agile. Agile as he once was. Joe was always a big guy, but Joe used to fly around the ring like a fucking cruiserweight.
2: That's why he was an ex-div- ex-div- And like And yeah.
3: their big rivalry was for the X Division title. It wasn't for the TNA world title, they were fighting cruiserweight matches against each other yeah. and they can't go at that level anymore. And so I really feel like this is going to be a disappointment.
0: Clive.
4: I was actually listening to the Doc Chad Matthews podcast this afternoon and it made me think what he was saying. When was the last time that AJ Styles had a really, really, really good match?
2: his age to him for sure. Yeah. That's a good question. Was it? You, would you would you got say it was a Lesnar match?
4: Um, probably.
3: But I'd I mean, say that that one was only as good as it was because our expectations for a Lesnar match are so low now. <laughs> That's true. That. Yeah. Best, like, elite Hard to argue. Was him and Cena.
4: And even I, then, it was so, a divisive match.
2: Yeah. Well. Okay. So I think, and again. Our 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 scale for AJ is higher than everybody else because AJ has damn good matches every time he wrestles. It's just that have we seen that barn burner that that match that leaves us in a stupor? We probably haven't seen that in a while. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can live up to the hype though, uh, AJ mm-hmm. and Joe?
4: I think they can. It's rather they're allowed to. I think that's what we've seen with AJ Styles' programme with Kevin Owens and the programme with Nakamura. I have warmed to the Nakamura feud the matches, even the outcomes. Um but overall consensus was that they didn't live up to the hype, so and I think that's down to creative and not match quality. So they can, but I don't know if they actually will be allowed to. Let me well, stick I mean, oh, To back
2: right.
3: that up to back that up, when's the last time AJ had a big title match that ended with a clean finish, like 100
2: percent clean. The last man standing match. But that was only a clean finish because the last <laughs> yeah. man standing match, you can't get the fuck up anymore. Hey, okay. you did you didn't
0: specify, okay? Well, I would I would say the WrestleMania match then, because the low
2: blow took place. Oh, that that's after right. Him. Oh, that's right. The low blow was after ha, the match. Ha ha ha! There you go. I Let me. Stick. Let me stick up for this for the Shinsuke AJ Feud first and foremost. I think most of us can admit in hindsight, even in the even at the time. Carl and I talked about this at Nauseum on our show on this show, our show. Uh that the matches all were good. The issue was the deflating ass finishes. Right? Yeah. So uh and I think the biggest issue with the WrestleMania match was simply that we convinced ourselves we were about to get a six-star match. And it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome, and most it wasn't rating. So we didn't get that, <laughs> right? So I want to stick up for that real quick. and But go ahead, Ricky. Uh, will it live up to the hype?
4: Just Can quickly, it live up
2: to the hype? Just to quickly
0: touch on the Styles Nakamura, we, we said it as well on our show, and we said it again last night, that... Outside of the last 30 seconds of most of those matches, the match itself was, was pretty good. So, But I think, like you says, we all just get caught up on what took place and with the finish, and that kind of spoiled it for some people. And they were shitty finishes, let's be yeah. honest. Will it live up to the hype? No, because my right. expectations are that high. And I'm kind of, uh, and what Kyle says, they can't do what they've done about, what was it? 12, 13, 14 years ago.
3: 13
0: years ago, <laughs> rivalry goes back a long time. Yeah, like that was excellent stuff as well, and Christopher <laughs> Daniels as well was involved in it. Um, So I guess my mind is probably still stuck back in two thousand and uh, 2005, 2006, expecting them to do what they'd done back then. I still think it'll be a good match, though. Like I'm not, I'm not going to say it's you know it's going to be this five six seven eight star match, but I still think it'll be a a a match where people are going to be satisfied from it. I don't think it's going to live up to the hype because I think we're going to build up that much, almost to what we've done with Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania, when it didn't live up to the hype, but it wasn't it certainly wasn't a bad match, and I, and I kind of have a feeling this is the same route this match is going to take. Overall, I think it will be it will be a good match, but it certainly isn't going to live up to my expectations because I'm letting my expectations run away.
2: So l- let me go to the one person who's gonna make some sense out of all of this. Let's go to the mark of the group, <laughs> Kyle, uh, Carl, Carl. My God, there's too many K's. Carl, yeah. tell them why they're wrong. Can they live up to the hype? No. Damn. <laughs> but
1: but. Wow, <laughs> uh, but I have two things about it, but it can get close, and I and I say that because I, I feel like the rest of these guys are underestimating it a little bit. The reason why I say it can get close is because if they tell the right story and they and they have and if they are willing to go back and draw out from history and draw from that well, and we know that they have such a storied rivalry. If you watch outside of the WWE and we know that they have chemistry together because of who they are and because of how many times they've wrestled, I think they can get close. Do I think it's going to be as good as prior matches from 13 years ago? Fuck no, but I do think they can get close. Now, let me just say one thing here that nobody else has said, and and y'all are going to disagree. I don't really give a shit. I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think Joe was the right (laughs) choice. Oh,
2: now that's something.
1: Yes, please tell us who you think was. Uh, well, in my opinion, I think The Miz is the right choice. And Miz. that's not, and I don't say that because I'm a Miz fan, and I am, but no, I don't no, say no, that because. say
2: that. But Miz, I think Miz is in Brian right now, needs to be told. Right.
1: See, I disagree. I think that, here's my thing with Joe, first of all. Joe is a badass. We know this. He should, He should. can. He's the kind of guy who can walk in and get a title shot whenever the fuck he wants, and that's all good and dandy. And I guess he stole the title shot. I mean, I don't know if he was planned to be the guy or not. I don't know if that was really clarified. He just came in and signed a contract while Paige was distracted.
2: But It, it was clarified. Paige, okay. he was the guy that she picked, yeah.
1: And here's my thing about that. So far on SmackDown, Joe hasn't really done anything. He's beaten up some garbage. Like... I mean, if you think about it, and even coming over from Raw, Joe left Raw a loser when he lost to Roman Reigns at Backlash. I mean, he was on SmackDown by them, but they, you know what I mean? He left a loser. Mm-hmm. And The Miz just came came from Raw. I see champ. He's basically made two guys over on Raw tag team champions in his own way. He built them up, made them more confident. Like, to me, in turn, if you're going off kayfabe alone – and I'm not one of those guys that does that. I get that SummerSlam and cards like this, they want to have these big matches. I think that The Miz is the right choice because I'm not ready for them to jump on the Daniel Bryan-Miz bandwagon yet. They've already, they're already doing it, and that's fine. That's where they're going with it. But to me, that match, the way I would do it, I hate fantasy booking, but I would have I would have Miz win the title at SummerSlam and have Daniel Bryan and Miz chase each other for the next six, seven, eight, nine months until WrestleMania. That's the way I would do it. I know if, I mean, granted, that would be something we're going to have to have the creative team come together and make it happen correctly. But that's in my head. That's what I would like to see. AJ's title run to me has been boring. And I don't know that I don't know that there's anybody on SmackDown right now as a singles competitor that I look at and think they can toe up with Samoa Joe because of how badass he is. But the problem is, I don't think Joe has done much. And I'm just kind of like, okay, it's Joe. Like, here you go. Everybody likes Joe. I get it,
2: but okay. it's Joe. That's just where I'm at with that. Confession. So, yeah, go ahead, please.
3: Bethan, I wanted Rusev to take the title at Extreme Rules. Oh, I did, too.
2: I did well, too.
3: Number one, number one, he's insanely over with the crowd. Number two, I'm a huge fan of Rusev Day. Yeah. And three, I want to hear the melodic tones of Aiden English singing
2: in the WWE champion. You won't hear the melodic tones of any English anymore much longer for Rusev Day in general.
3: Yeah. Lance, why you got to kill my vibe?
2: <laughs> well, you out here talking about hypotheticals about Rusev should have won a title. So my question to you is, aside from Rusev, and Ricky's very happy because Ricky's Mr. Rusev, uh, do, do you think Joe and AJ was the right match? And if it wasn't, who would you have made it be and if you want to say Rusev, that's fine, but I want somebody else from you since so you just said that. If it is somebody else. I mean, if it's somebody else, honestly, if it's
3: somebody else because number one, they can have a great match with anyone, and number two, I'm high on them. It's too early for them to get the title, but that's run right. back Andrade and AJ. Screw it. I'm all about brewing. some Andrade Cien and Almas.
2: There's a story brewing with Andrade, definitely. But I, I'm all about some Andrade Cien and Almas. Do you think Joe and AJ was the right match, though? I think
3: Joe and AJ is the only. I think Joe and AJ is the right match because unless you're going to go with the Miz, like I'm 100% with Carl on Miz needs the WWE title and Brian should be chasing him because that's a great story. Um, But other than that, like nobody else really makes sense on SmackDown because since AJ is not actually the star of SmackDown and not the focal point of SmackDown, nobody's really built up as a contender to be at that level because, SmackDown is the Miz and Daniel Bryan show.
2: People too busy doing Yes Chance. So, let me ask you this. I want to ask you the same question, Clive. But I want to kind of give change it a bit. Okay. Is AJ and Joe the match that you think should happen? And surely, I think, do you, do you see the correlation? I think oh, most of us accept I've that. I've lost you Brian. again there, sorry. Okay. I think most of us accept that Raw is the variety show, SmackDown is the wrestling show. So do you think AJ and Joe was the right pick? And do you think it's the right pick to counteract Roman and Brock?
4: Again, you cut out a wee bit there, so I caught most of it. I think it's whenever you say my name, my Skype just plays up. But was the question, do you think AJ and Joe is the right option? Yeah, Yeah. basically. I can't, find, I can't think of any evidence to disagree with Carl's point. But at the same time, I don't think there's anyone else with enough credibility at the moment, the way things have been booked than Joe. I know Joe's not been on t- TV that much, but I think he's the best choice, just from a fan perspective, Where to counter Roman and Brock, where the fan sentiment is negative. They need something positive. So the possibility of rerunning a dream match... Although the dream match was at its peak 10, 12 years ago, you've got, again, this is what's happening. At, this is what happened at WrestleMania, where you had the, the corporate championship match and you had the, the mark friendly championship match on SmackDown. So I think they're rerunning that again. With Carol's point about Daniel Bryan and The Miz waiting until WrestleMania, I agree, but with Daniel Bryan's contract status still up in the air, I think they decided to play it safe and just run it now, just in case Daniel Bryan decides, no, I'm just going to leave.
2: And I think we also have to acknowledge, let's let's assume Bryan resigns. They can mm-hmm. run one match and go back to it.
4: Of course.
2: Yeah,
1: they can, they can. I just, I think that with all the heat behind it, I think if you run it now and then say, oh, we will run it again at WrestleMania, I just think it loses some steam. Now, there's also the argument that it could, lose steam on the way to WrestleMania if you don't run it until then. But yeah. I don't think it loses steam if the people behind the story pull their heads out and do it right. Because these guys, this they've been this has been going on for a long-ass time now, and it's still hot. People still get hot for it.
2: Sure, but I think the difference is that it was so hot because we never thought we would see it. So now that we know we can see it, and they're going to make us wait Essentially, twelve months to see it. I'm a, I'm a old school fan. I love that shit. But we live in a microwave society where people think that if you've been feuding for three months, you've been feuding too long. So, do you that's think fair. that that's a realistic ask of the crowd? We uh, we understand. I want I'm gonna ask you that, Ricky. I I real and I'm not trying. This isn't me doing that shit. But I think we all acknowledge creative has to do better and knock this out of the park. And it's damn near foolproof but is the crowd realistically going to allow them to wait 12 months with your by, by what you're asking instead of saying let's go ahead and run this now and try to stretch it what do you think Ricky
0: no um, I mean you've got a, a portion of the fan base who are not happy with Daniel Bryan's book because they wanted him to be Already having feuds with Joe and AJ, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Absolutely, uh, going should win the championship the day he returned, according to Yep. Strength. So I mean, if so, let's just go, let's work on the premise that Daniel Bryan is going to resign. So you run it at SummerSlam, which is not official, but it's bound to happen. I agree that Miz should get the title, like if not obviously not at SummerSlam, but as soon as possible after SummerSlam. You could you. In order to prolong the Daniel Bryan Miz storyline, you could potentially have something like the Miz cost Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble. Miz can go into it as a champion, causes him to lose, and Daniel Bryan ultimately wins the number one contender tournament match, whatever, at the next pay per view to face the Miz in next year's WrestleMania.
2: Let me just because say it. If Bryan is in the Rumble this year, please just let him win the shit. <laughs>
1: Well, I think if they're going think- to go the route of with AJ, because if we, there's been rumor that Vince is very happy with AJ as champ, so there's a good chance that Samoa Joe is not winning this title at SummerSlam anyway. So, I mean, in theory, you could have The Miz beat Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, which I don't know that they're going to do that or not, but you could have The Miz beat Daniel at SummerSlam. AJ beats Joe, and now The Miz is your guy. And so The Miz can win the title, you know, theoretically – and then Brian had hold it for a while in Miz fashion and all the cheating, shitty ways that he does. And then Brian wins the rumble or something along those lines. And you can work back there, yes. So I mean I'm okay with that. I just I have and I, I know like I say this a lot, but I do I strongly am of the opinion that the Miz has been the best performer in the company, like overall package for a, for a while now. In terms of everything that he is able to do, and on top of holding down with all of the media and the reality show and all the shit that he does, I think it's high time that he was rewarded in the proper way. Because I feel like Brian and Miz, to me, is a money feud that is now a little bit on the back burner because we're doing Roman and Brock again, and we're doing AJ and Joe, and it's just kind of like, eh, you know... It almost seems like maybe they're not as high on this feud as the rest of us are in some ways, but that's just my that's just kind of like I'm not saying that they're against it, but it just doesn't feel like they're giving it the do that it really kind of deserves in my opinion. I think I think a WrestleMania match they don't have to just have that be the the only encounter, but I think it has to happen. I think it should happen.
3: I think that you can use a SummerSlam match to set up the WrestleMania match if Miz is going in as champ. Because yeah. Miz yeah. needs to win. And here's why Miz needs to win. Miz wins, then he wins the title. And Brian wants a title match, but Miz is Miz. And he's like, nah, Scrub, I beat you already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Daniel, you're never getting a title match as long as I've got the title. Then Daniel finally wins the fucking Royal Rumble. Boom. Yeah. And everybody's now everybody's happy. Has to face him for the title. Yep. Because Miz is still the champion.
2: Somebody and tweet Road Dogg right now. WrestleMania. And can you imagine the shit that Miz will talk if he beats Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. My God. He yeah. needs
1: to win. I agree with that. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. And then every time Daniel wants the title match, just be like, no, Daniel, remember that time I gave you the skull-crushing finale on a steel, on the steel steps and then beat your
2: ass like the scrub that you are? Remember that time <laughs> I threw my fake baby at you? <laughs> Go ahead and uh, finish it off, Ricky.
4: Um,
0: no, I'm just in agreement that uh, I think at some point this year we will get Miz um, as champion. And then I do think Daniel Bryan Miz will close. I don't. Maybe not close. I don't know. We don't care if it, right, about that right now. But I think we're going to eventually get Daniel Bryan and the Miz for the title, and that's when quote unquote Daniel Bryan will be coronated again. Um, yeah. I, like I us say it's overall, I think I think I can understand why they're running it now because there still is that threat of Daniel Bryan potentially leaving. Um, so, and like I say for me personally, I can't speak for everyone else. I'm okay with them going into Summerslam with this match because to me there's still mileage in the storyline. I don't I don't need everything in the here and now. And when and I don't want to end it on a negative note, but there's this whole stigma that people think that WWE is incapable of telling long term stories. That's well the majority this, of the this, they tell. This is this storyline specifically blows that theory out of the water. So I don't, I don't, for me, like I say I would have waited until next WrestleMania anyway, but like I said, we're impatient in this day and age, and we want everything now, but I, I, I think that's the route they're going to take. Miz wins at SummerSlam, and they ultimately get the rematch at, at next year's WrestleMania.
2: Do you guys remember the Cena Rock feud, the original one that the the Lifetime at 28? Yes. I remember, uh, See, Rock calls Cena to lose at Mm -hmm. uh, WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta the next night. Rock calls him out. or I don't remember who called who out, but they end up face-to-face in the ring. Rock says, we'll do something that's never been done before. Me and you, next year WrestleMania, we're going to book it now. Shake hands, bing, bang, boom. Money printed, right? Do you remember the back? Like, people were pissed that they had to wait a year to see that. And the only reason that it worked was because Rock doesn't work there every day. Brian and Miz run every SmackDown. So eventually, I think it would have ran into some issues of when is this going to happen? Why aren't you giving us what we want? Things of that nature. <laughs> and, but it, yeah. but that's, what they, that's what we would say. And I'm not trolling when I say that. That's a legitimate thing, criticism that people have, is they don't give us what we want. Well,
0: but okay. but then you could have potentially done what we all thought we were going to do, was have Daniel sorry have the Miz win Money in the Bank and have him cash in on Daniel Bryan immediately after he wins at SummerSlam because then huh. because then you could have turned Daniel Bryan is not allowed an immediate rematch because there's no such thing now on SmackDown, so I, Miz could have talked as much shit as he wanted for the next six seven months.
2: Look, bro, I don't understand the Braun shit anyway. I mean, I get it. Sure, but Brown didn't need a damn briefcase. But that's another no, he did not. Person. Nope. Yeah. Um, I want to move to some to some NXT talk. So there are two NXT rumors right now uh, that I think are super super prevalent and getting a lot of uh, a lot of traction on the interwebs. Um, it, the indie wrestling sensation and who Kyle and I both think might be the best prospect on the market right now. Matt Riddle is in, it's rumored to be in talks with WWE or NXT. Don't listen to other shows that have said he signed. There is no signing yet. He hasn't signed. It's in talks. Another thing that came up today was that Juice Robinson, formerly known as CJ Parker, uh, who is the current IWGP United States champion in New Japan, the rumor now is that WWE is interested in signing him again. So, uh I'm going to start I'm I'm going to start with Carl first. I know you're a big Matt Riddle guy. Me and you have seen him in person. Uh do you do you think it's finally time for Matt to come to WWE? And do you think that Juice should leave New Japan after he's finally gotten the traction he's always wanted? to come back home, essentially, to WWE.
1: Do so not think it's time for Matt Riddle to come to WWE? Because I kind of lost your connection there for a second. Is that what yeah. you're asking? In a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, first of all, the dude, like, we – okay, a while back when you and I first started this podcast with uh, Caleb, mm-hmm. we did, like, a little draft thing that never made it to air. Oh,
2: shit, but, that's
1: right. But Riddle was one of the guys – I took Roman Reigns first, and everyone, of course, you know – hate, 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 whatever. But then I took Matt Riddle right after that. Because I do think that, like you just said, that he might very well be the best, biggest prospect right now that you could get. And that's, yeah, I mean, he has, he's got the crossover appeal with the MMA thing. He's got the look. I mean, if you look at the guy, he looks every bit the part of a superstar, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's – now, I don't know that he's – for him personally, I don't know what his personal goals are. You know, if he feels like he's done everything he needs to do in the indies and the WWE is the place to go now, then, you know, you do that. If you can make that move, you do that. I say that about anybody. You know, if you feel like, you know, your goal – if your ultimate goal is being be in the WWE, but you want to do some shit first, the way Kenny Omega's done it where he's done damn near everything there is to do now – well, the way Cody is trying to do where he's trying to do all this other stuff, you know, then, yeah, go for it. And I think if that's the way he feels and he should do it, I think it's going to be a mega signing. Um, and, yeah, he, I think he'll definitely he's not AJ Styles, so he's going to end up in NXT first. And, you know, I would imagine if he ever does make that that contract signing. But he's got all the talent in the world and I would love to see it. So, yeah, I mean, I, if that's what he wants to do, then. Let's do let's see it.
4: Clive. I have a confession to make and this is me showing my ignorance of the independence scene. Up until a few days ago, I didn't even know what Matt Riddle looked like. So
2: <laughs> it looks yeah. like a I mean, surfer boy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a stoner.
4: He looks like the fourth member that's of like Hanson.
3: Me. What did you say, Kyle? I said, not looks like is. Part of the reason Matt Riddle stayed away from WWE as long as he did mm-hmm. is because of their wellness policy for a long time. Yeah. Marijuana in the, in the three strike rule. Now that marijuana is just a simple fine, he's willing to, yeah, he's willing to make that jump because his yeah. downside will cover those weed fines
4: and
3: <laughs> he'll just make money off the appearances. Um,
2: yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Clive.
4: So, you- because I haven't really hit, I've obviously heard his name quite a lot, and I understand that he had a very successful blood sport event around WrestleMania weekend. So, I did some sort of research tonight, knowing that we would talk about him. And, wrestling wise, I have no complaints whatsoever. I like the style that he's got, where he's got the bare feet. Very accomplished with the suplexes, with the submissions, and the strikes, which is the the in thing at the moment. Only thing, only issue I would have is, does he still do the bro stuff? Does he say bro during every move? bro, bro, bro. Well, bro. I know people moan about WWE taking away the identity of certain independent wrestlers, but get rid of that right now, please, bros. <laughs>
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, anti- hate, we hate it. We hate it a lot because Zach Ryder's sorry ass, does it. And I'm just being that's, honest that's, with you. That's, that's, Matt Riddle like will get away with it because he is a thousand times better than Zack Ryder ever wished he was. Sorry, Zach Ryder, you got me blocked on Twitter, so I'm talking shit. So, I mean, seriously though, it's true. He's way better than Zack Ryder will ever dream of being in his life. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about on the girlfriend side. You know, Zach's doing well from there. But.
3: <laughs> It'll come
2: across more RVD like when Matt. Sure, Reeves, that's yeah, who he is. Does. He's he's RVD I, meets maybe Brock. I don't know, like an MMA fighter, but yes. I'd say Angle. RVD meets Angle. I like that. That's cool. I like yeah, yeah. that. That's perfect. He'll
3: <laughs> get away with it. Get away with it. With RVD and Kurt Angle. So like,
2: <laughs> sign it well, up. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead.
3: Uh, Well, I mean, I just I think that's the I think that that's definitely the right move for him. I I agree with Carl. And I told you this the other day, privately, Rance, like, make your money while your body is able to handle the WWE travel schedule. Sure. Make your money while you can still do it, because, you know, I, I firmly ascribe to the belief that, yeah, you know, strong style wrestling like New Japan does is more dangerous in individual matches. But WWE's long-term, 200-plus-dates-a-year travel schedule opens you up to just as many injuries from wear and tear. Sure. And so while your body is able to handle that, and while you're still a hot brand, and while you've still got that name value, and if you're going to start in NXT where the fans are as rabid as they are, make that fucking money.
2: Um, You're right, I, I want to I go to Ricky and Clive with this one uh, because I think it was Clive I had a, a good conversation with on Twitter earlier. Yeah, it was. More about, about Juice and um, Juice formerly CJ Parker again. So uh, the question I want to ask, it kind of goes back to our conversation. Uh, Clive and I had a, a bit of a nice debate about do WWE need to keep continue to keep signing the best people out there right because they have already a massive roster as it speaks and juice many many wrestlers feel that WWE is signing guys to keep guys away from other promotions which I think is hilarious but if if there's if you believe that that's all you I completely believe the opposite of that if you're a company you always want to keep getting new talent just because you're just because you're number one doesn't mean you could just say I right, screw it I'm a chill for a minute right the Warriors signed Kevin Durant then they went and signed Boogie Cousins like, you'd never stop getting the best people. So, Ricky and Clive, whoever wants to go first, do you think possibly signing Juice and Matt Riddle is too much? Do you think they should not want to sign these guys and just because they might not have a place for them? Like, expound on that for me a little bit. Okay. Um. So, I'm,
0: I'm somewhat going to sit on the fence. I think there's no point in bringing in all this additional talent right? if there's no real plan other than just to sort of, sort of, quote-unquote, keep them away from other people. I, I also don't believe that either. Um, but if they're going to be extended, if they're going to do NXT touring all year long or if they're going to have an, a full-time UK division or if NXT goes two hours or if SmackDown goes three hours then you need that additional talent for more um for the extra things that you're planning to do. So in that sense there's nothing wrong with bringing in the extra talent. But if if it's just everything's gonna stay the same, NXT still says an hour SmackDown's two, there's no full time UK division, but you're continually stockpile talent and that you're not doing anything with them, that's the problem then. But if they're expanding their shows and If they're expanding their tours, then there's nothing wrong with bringing in this extra talent. Because as you say, just because you are at the top of the food chain doesn't mean you put your feet up and stop working. So I'm somewhat going to sit on the fence with it, but I think if they are expanding, then they have to bring in more talent.
2: More name value talent at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Clive.
4: You mentioned the, the Twitter back and forth we had earlier, and I'm going to use again, Dan, is it Matha or Matha as an Mather. example? Dan Matha. Right, so Dan Matha had like the whole Vignette treatment on NXT. It that was, was a, big, a
2: bunch of BS, yeah.
4: See, that's the thing. This is a case of art imitating real life here because you've got all these young trainees, up-and-comers trying to make a name for themselves in the company. And then the internet darling comes along and takes that opportunity away from them. And that literally happened for Dan Mather on TV when he was making his much-awaited debut. Nobody was waiting for that. Well.
2: Nobody was waiting. Maybe his family. <laughs> Maybe we were, the guys that watch him on the Largo loop, but nobody was waiting for that.
4: But we were, we were expected to anticipate it. And it happened. And the recently acquired Samoa Joe destroyed him. And he's not been on TV since.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
4: Pretty yeah. Much, yeah. Samoa Joe's great. But for all we know, we're, we're missing something special in Dan Matha. Maybe we're not. <laughs> still is- I'm sorry. That's
2: funny. I'm sorry. No, this is Dan Matha. <laughs> but that's hilarious.
4: So if there's anyone playing um, Outsider's Edge bingo at home, if you've completed the line with Dan Mather, then you should earn yourself a drink because I don't think he's been spoken about in any podcast for a long time. Hey,
2: Outsider's Edge where you get all the hot stuff.
4: But I just think that was an art imitating life, and it's great seeing Ricochet's, all your Undisputed Era guys, EC3. It makes for entertaining TV and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot because NXT, NXT TV is at white hot at the moment, but you've got a lot of people wasting away at the bottom of the, the rung, so to speak, just now. So I think Juice Robinson, the guys at Keeping It Strong style, big, big fans of him. Um, Matt Riddle as well. He's much adored by everyone, but just sort out what's in-house first. So
2: I'm going to go... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going
3: to say, I I think that it makes sense for WWE to want to sign these people. I think it falls more on the wrestlers themselves, whether or not they would want to go back. So, like, if you're Juice Robinson and you were in NXT and you gave it a shot and it didn't work out and you asked for your release and said, hey, I need to go, I need to do something different... And you go to New Japan and you've gotten over pretty huge there. And now you've got one of their top mid-card titles and you're a big established act and blah, blah, blah. Do you want to leave and go back to being a less utilized talent? And that's up to you as a, as the individual wrestler. Because, I mean, everybody can't be a star. You know, we need Mike canellis in the world who were big mid-card acts in their previous federations and come in and be jobbers. We need jobbers.
2: Well, so I'm going to go to you, Carl, next. I want to make two quick points. I call this the Cody Rose conundrum in that a lot of the times WWE will tell you when they either release you or you ask for your release, go make a name for yourself somewhere else and show us that we were wrong. We will gladly push you accordingly if you show us we made a mistake. And they've done that in a, quite more than a few situations. So if Juice were to come back now, they're not going to make him be the gatekeeper in NXT. He's definitely going to be somebody that's going to get, I think, a sustained push of some level. And secondly, I to kind of go back to the conversation me and Clive had, I want to acknowledge that uh, WWE does seven... Hours of new television a week: three Raw, two SmackDown, one 205, one NXT. Not counting main event, which is taped before Raw. We have NXT UK coming, and then we have to acknowledge that NXT is, as NXT as a entity, an entity, is three is a three pronged company. It is NXT the brand, which we see every Wednesday. It's NXT the de- developmental, which is the guys that get signed and learn how to wrestle and. Ingratiate themselves to the WWE system. And it's NXT the touring entity. Because NXT does have two, as many as two or three tours going on at a, at different times. So they do have guys like Murphy was killing it on tours before he got opportunity on two oh five live. He was main eventing. You know? So while these guys might not get the shot, your damn masters of the world, right? Or a guy who I'm I actually like and actually know fairly decently Brennan Williams right like these guys aren't getting the opportunities on TV yet but they will but they're really getting to home their craft right it's you know I think WWE has become such a factory that I I think Triple H had to step back for a second and I'm I'm assuming him in his mind but uh, these guys need to wrestle two three four hundred matches before you throw them on television right Give them some sustained amount of talent if they've never done this before. And most of these guys we're talking about are guys that have never done this before. Brennan got trained at, Re- at Reality of Wrestling at the same time me and Dr- my boy Dre signed up. So, like, you know, and so Brennan doesn't have history. Dan Matthew was trained by WWE. So these guys are getting an opportunity to really hone their crafts, exper- experiment with different characters and whatnot, and different gimmicks and different uh, promos and styles and everything before they get pushed to the world. Uh, so, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead, Carl. You decayed. Yeah. When do y'all change your name? Damn it. Okay. I don't know.
1: I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, if, if I change it to a C, would that help you? I mean, I'm, cause I'm pretty sure it's sound.
2: <laughs> Asshole. Um,
1: anyway, no, listen. Um, I think First of all, no fault here to WWE for trying to go after as many wrestlers and talents as they can. Okay? I mean, any smart business company is going to try and get the best possible talent and find a place for them somewhere. I do think in terms of – I agree with Kyle's point that it's it's on the wrestlers because if you know you're going to a situation where right now Juice Robinson is, for lack of a better term, he's kind of white hot. Like, I mean, you know, he's a IWGP United States champ. I mean, he is big time right now. If he goes to NXT, the reality is he's probably not going to be big time right off the bat. You know what I mean? He's, it, that that will dissipate. So it's on them. And I do think you can somewhat suffer, even though WWE has a lot of television programming, I do think you can suffer from having too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. you just got so much talent that... You just can't find a place for all of them, you know, because, I mean, who's to say that Juice isn't as good as EC3 and, you know, just start picking and mixing guys. Like a lot of these guys are on the same talent level and it's just a matter of who's going to stand out more for your brand, I think. And so sometimes, you know, while Juice may have his place, I mean, are we going to put him at the top of NXT? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so I see why people who like him may not want to see him make that jump. But ultimately, you can't get mad at WWE for wanting him as a commodity. If that makes sense, it's really just an in the middle kind of thing.
2: I'll, I want to open this up to everybody real quick. Just real, just one quick question: Is there anybody who has it who is not wrestling at, at like currently on the on the Raw, SmackDown, Two Hundred Five NXT, or NXT UK roster that needs to be on TV? ...that you guys think is, is, isn't is on but should be? done, Martha. <laughs> well, now, do you we'll, mean we'll consistently on television? No, I mean that are on television. Or just on like, television in general. Yeah.
1: Because there's Look, the difference. I mean, you can see a guy for a week and then he's gone for a month. Like the Authors of painter, are a perfect example... Right. ...of a tag team that, I mean, should be on... I feel like they should be featured a little bit more than they are. And so far, they really have done diddly-poo.
2: You sure. know what I mean? But that's two different conversations... Being utilized correctly and being utilized at all—the two different conversations. But I, I, right, I, get but I, I, I like think,
1: I think I get what you're saying, and I get the difference. But I think I think that that's a hand in hand thing. Like, yeah, sure. it's one thing, Yeah, you're on TV. Like, they they put jobbers like from local companies on TV. I mean, sure. if, if Sasha and Bailey last week just beat two nobodies, and that that I mean, that could have gone to two women that are already on the roster. You know what but I mean? They, I get why they do it. What I'm saying is like. The utilize properly and utilize it all, do kind of go hand in hand. They do. I mean, if you're on TV for one week and then you're gone for three weeks, we're not remembering you. We're not thinking about you that much. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: but, but the chance is that you will be utilized because at least the audience knows you. Let me give you two examples. Sure. Leo Rush and Buddy Murphy. Okay. Right? They were two guys that were literally languishing on mm-hmm. the tour circuit. And now they've both made huge name for themselves on 205 Alive because the opportunity was opened up. There's right. nobody like that right now. I mean, the Forgotten Sons is a nice little group that's coming up. Uh, the former Gunner uh, and uh, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. They're like a biker gang group. None of the four, maybe maybe Kyle has heard of them, but none of the, none of the rest of you guys have heard of those guys. Did, you know, hmm. so is the there league? anybody? Well, Wesley Blake, sure. But you didn't even know who his tag team partner was, right? You didn't know what he was doing. So, And this is no diss to those guys because I'd love for all those guys to be utilized on television. But is there anybody that they're missing on right now? I don't think so. That's signed to them?
1: I mean, off the top of my head, I would say no. And I think that I think that's a good point. I would also say that I, if you look at, the, like you had mentioned, someone had mentioned before, I can't remember which one of you it was, sorry. But the, the way they're expanding right now and trying to hit different markets, I think justifies bringing in as much talent as you possibly can. Because of the fact that if you are in a completely different market than you normally in, you can rotate guys around. So, say if you want, if you bring in a Juice Robinson. No, he's not on. He's not at full sale. Or no, he's not on the main roster. Nah, fuck, maybe he's over in the UK, or maybe he's over somewhere else where they're trying to expand. Whoa. And that's and that's the beauty of having those UK titles, the right. North American Championship, things like that, to where you can take all that talent that you've accumulated and really just kind of place around. them in certain spots. So I do. That's that's where I'm kind of getting at a little bit why you can understand why WWE is doing it. And if it's a more of a long-term vision, then that's fine. In the short term, it might suck for some people that really like some of these guys, you know what I mean? But if you think long-term, which is hard for us as fans, even me, myself, sometimes, you know, I'm not just putting it on everybody that's short, that has this mindset, but when you're kind of in a short-term mindset in terms of wrestling, you can tend to forget that there's still long-term visions. They're still a business. They still have, goals that are one-year goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals, things of that matter. So it's just something to think about.
2: Remember the global localization uh, and the goal of having a performance center in five different areas in the country by 2025. So just think about that when you think about the whole talent acquisition thing. But let's finish the night up with this last thing uh, talking about people who are utilized correctly. The greatest... Victory in the history of NXT just happened this past Wednesday. The Devil <laughs> incarnate, Tommaso Ciampa, is your new NXT champion. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm do a round robin around. I'm because I I know I know where my outside edge brethren stand on this. Ricky, was this the best championship win in history or the best championship win in history? <laughs> Now, what um, did you think, man? What did you think of of, of them giving Champa the strap? Well, first of all,
0: the most surprising and stunning thing about it all was <clears throat> I somehow avoided spoilers for about two weeks
2: regarding this match. Yes. That, get, you deserve a, I, You deserve I avoided high.
0: spoilers for about 30 seconds, so good job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so...
0: Yeah. First of all, the match itself was—it was a—it was a—it was, was a damn good match. I—I I don't know if they've announced a rematch or anything, because like I said I've not read a single spoiler at all and what the plans are going into takeover at Brooklyn. Um, so if one of you want to spoil that for me, you just can.
4: No, no thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, will that be on? Will that be on next week's takeover, at NXT? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're gonna respect lives, wishes, and stay spoiler free
0: for him. I'll I'll hit you uh, on WhatsApp, brother. I'll, right. I'll text you. Um, yeah, like I love Alistair Black, but you know, giving the strap to Tommaso Ciampa was was excellent. Um, the match itself was actually really, really good as well. I kind of have an idea of what they're going to do with Takeover. The way the finish went down with uh, Gargano coming down and ultimately like effectively kind of costing. Alistair Black, um, I have a feeling that they're probably going to go either go a number one contenders match between Gargano and Black, or triple threat. Um, But yeah, Tommaso Ciampa getting the title, um, yeah, like you said, it was the greatest thing in NXT history. But, yeah, I think, I also think that have probably put the title on him as well, just to sort of give the feud between him and Gargano another little wrinkle because if they do go with um, they do go with uh, triple threat they could have the blow off and uh, the War Games takeover maybe
2: um, hell they could stretch it to Brooklyn Five in WrestleMania yeah so
0: yeah it was it was I didn't I I, I thought Gargano would cost Champa the title I didn't think champion was going to win but i'm kind of i'm not kind of i'm more than glad that we did put the title on him um i also wonder if they're considering bringing Alistair black up now to the main roster post wrestle post summer because like you well, say, what else what else is there for him to do if he doesn't he win the title well. back which i don't think he will
2: and you know that when people are called up a lot of the times they finish their last stuff in nxt for another month or two so mm-hmm. it's possible he could be called up and still run through take over war games yep
4: clive i'll i'll be brief and bullet point my thoughts on it uh it was fresh it was good to see champa i know gargano came in later but a match with champa that didn't involve gargano as his opponent was nice and fresh it was an inspired idea to swap the titles on TV. The TV doesn't need bolstering in terms of quality and excitement at the moment, but it was still really good. Um, Champa's heel work after the fact, when he was literally like beckoning the referee to follow him up the ramp, to raise his arm, pointing at his wrist. That was very small detail, and I noticed that he was just very subtly pointing at his wrist. I loved that. The belt shot was fluffed. And it took me out of it for a bit. And I thought maybe they could have done something a bit different to cause the upset. Because the belt shots, I mean, belt shots in 2018, they don't mean that much, do they? Considering the violence that we see sometimes. So I could have done without the belt shot. But overall, another excellent night for NXT. And as much as uh, of a bastard as he is, I was quite in- impressed with Ciampa tonight. last night.
2: And can we give a shout out to Drake for that bump he took on the concrete? <laughs> Hi. He took a hell of a bump. We, yeah. we, I forget Drake Younger was a hell of a death match wrestler, but uh, go ahead, Kyle. Um, I
3: mean, I'm a huge fan of it because, you know, now that Cody's kind of turned face again, sort of, and, you know, no disrespect to Tamatanga, but Tommaso Ciampa is the best heel in wrestling. Um, <laughs> So,
0: oh, I but, think I think I think he was the best heel in wrestling even when Cody was a heel. I when Cody was a heel, I thought it
3: was at least debatable. It was at yeah, least yeah, yeah. they were close. But now that Cody's a face again, like Tommaso is the best heel in wrestling and it's not even a competition.
2: Well, Tomatonga talks shit about of 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 another veteran, so <laughs> that's in America that's some series E, so maybe. I mean, you know, Tama Tonga
3: is a badass. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to run into no Tongans in a back alley.
5: <laughs>
3: I Matsu mean, Chop is still the best heel in wrestling, and I'm all about the best heel in wrestling having a title.
0: Well, well, when you walk out to no entrance music, you know that just sort of confirms Good you on. are the biggest heel, not just in the company but in wrestling itself. Well, and his if social was- media game is so up top. Did you see the the tweet with? Him in triple H and he swapped the
5: faces around. Yes. No no no. I saw that.
4: (laughs) The
2: best tweet, Johnny Gargano sent out a tweet apologizing. And he screenshotted it, put it and said, At Johnny Gargano, thanks, brother. I knew you'd come around. DIY (laughs) (laughs) hashtag DIY for life.
1: It's just (laughs) Listen, actually See here's the thing, and I'm gonna jump in now because this is the perfect time to jump in. The best tweet was when he told Alistair Black that he was the transitional champion. That's the best <laughs> wheel. and this is and this is this is why Champa is the best true heel in all of wrestling. Because in terms of like heel heel, there's a couple of guys who the crowd love that are also great heels. They don't fucking love they don't love Champa. He's the best true heel in wrestling. So I want to say that. But the best kind of heels are the guys who always end up being right, and that is exactly what Champa yes, is.
4: Yes. When yes.
1: he says Alex Black's a transitional champion, and it fucking happens. He makes it happen, and that's why he's the best, and that's why this is such a perfect move. I, I'll be honest with you guys. like, I'm, I'm not huge on Aleister Black to begin with. I, mean, I know a lot of people love him. I'm not a huge fan. He's good, talented, but it's the right move at the right time, in my opinion, because Black is what Black is, and he doesn't really need the belt that much. You know what I mean? Champa, nothing is better than having literally the worst human on the planet is basically the guy you're chasing that Gargano is probably going to be chasing for a while. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, he may win the title at the next takeover. I don't know, but that's yet to be seen.
2: Kyle, when we were watching Tommaso Ciampa in like 08, 09 Ring of Honor with the damn ugly ass fucking mo. Mohawk. With the fucking Mohawk. The Sicilian shooter or whatever he was, Sicilian psychopath. Yeah. Did you ever think he would be a main event act? Never. I never thought they'd tell the right story. Like I didn't think he that, had it in him, dog. I
3: didn't yeah, think he had it in him. The big thing is, you know, this is just a great example of the right story. And it was told the right way because they used that ACL injury to, like, perfectly set that whole angle up. And he went away. And then he came back. And Johnny was a bigger star because everybody loved Johnny. And then he beat the dog shit out of Gargano. Then he spat on this man's wedding ring. Yeah, and threw it in the crowd. The
2: crowd. My God.
3: Whew. All I know is Johnny better have gone to find that ring because Candace
2: would have whooped his ass. Where <laughs> <laughs> my ring, bitch? Well, as Kyle and I have said numerous times, Candace wears the pants in their relationship. There oh, ain't no joke, there ain't, bro. There ain't no way Candace let him bring his real ring to that match
1: either. <laughs> <laughs> Candice teamed
3: with famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Candace definitely <laughs> wears the pants.
1: That's
2: fair, yeah. Go. That's fair. All right, gents, it's it's uh, late as hell in Scotland, and uh, I think we've gotten everything we wanted to get in. Before we go, uh, I'll go around the room. Anything else you guys want to say? No. I'm glad we've got heel Randy Orton back. Oh, you, don't you love the subtleties of wrestling that taking a, a rating ring off, spinning on it and throwing it in the crowd or putting your finger through somebody's ear hole are two of the worst, most despicable things you can do?
1: Well, here's, here's what I've said about Randy Orton anyway. I said this the other day. Nobody, like when he won. Want- when he wants when Randy orton wants to be the man when he wants to when he when he wants to and he's motivated he in my opinion is will forever be one of the top five guys when he wants it
2: it's motivated absolutely
1: I yes. mean and I've always thought that he had it in him to be one of the top wrestlers to ever do it period and a lot of people say well he's a four-time 14 cha- time champion so he kind of is but he's had so many lulls in his progression over the years you know he's never consistently always just been incredible but right now he or randy orton that's where it's at that's what you want right now
2: did anybody else find it funny in his promo when he said i've been here longer than anybody i set the table for you guys and then he's feuding with jeff hardy who was there like five years before he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just thought that was funny but uh clive anything you want to add before we get out of here man
4: Um, No, not in terms of wrestling, like serious content, but uh, it's become a a gimmick as as of late when I do a wrestling related joke. So I've got one for you. (laughs) Fuck.
2: Warning, guys, it's going to be like hilariously terrible.
4: So Lance Storm is at a speed dating event, but the speed dating also involves dressing up as Harry Potter characters. So the buzzer goes and he goes to his next table and before the woman introduces herself, he says, "If I can be serious for a moment, but,
2: um, for the okay, so you guys listening at home, Kyle is a huge Harry Potter fan, so he is in tears right now. <laughs> I, 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 don't
0: want, to, I don't want to offend Kyle here. If but he I have never." I I have never watched a single book of Harry Potter before. Oh no, he's not offended because to I've told him I don't either. <laughs> you don't have to watch. I'm currently reading the books for the fourth time.
1: I was about, I was about to say. I was about to say before you said fourth time. I was going to say you mean rereading, nerd.
2: That's what I was going to say. But that's all right. You're good. Speaking of books, you don't have to watch
3: shit. Like you know, the movies are great. Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe are wonderful. Don't
2: get me wrong. But like, read the fucking books. Yeah. Speaking of books, August 1st, the Doc, Chad Matthews, brand new book will be out for everybody. The greatest matches and rivalries of the WrestleMania era. I was given an advanced copy. I will be reviewing it and we will have Big Homie on the show next week. Yeah, I'm Uh, looking forward to that. Chad is a very elusive man to get. He's a real life doctor. Yes, he like is. he's not a doctor for play play, he's a doctor for real, real. Um, but yeah, Chad hit me up and said he wanted to come on. Me, that's my boy. Me and him are real good friends. Been trying to get on for a minute, so we will have him. And uh so you guys listen, look out for that. we're super hyped about that. Um and Chad and I are probably gonna argue the whole hour and a half. <laughs> uh uh-huh, no, no,
1: I'll step in. Don't worry. I'll step in. That's the funnest part.
2: Yeah, that me and Chad disagree on everything and afterwards it's like, hey man, so you want to go get a beer? <laughs> Carl and I will officiate from the sidelines. Beautiful, because somebody's gonna have to. I will not mediate that episode.
1: I probably won't um, end up officiating very well. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna
2: do. Carlos, Carl. Is Carl. I'll,
3: I'll be, I'll be teacher, I'll be teacher Kyle, and I'll mediate the conflicts.
2: All right, uh, Ricky, Clive, tell them where they can find you. I'll leave that to you, Clive.
4: That's yours. That's when I usually fall apart. I'll give that's it a shot. that's
2: uh, the best part of the show
4: well I'll, I'll leave the plugging of the overall social superplex podcast network to Rance but uh, you can find Ricky and I on Twitter and Facebook at Ricky and Clive not an ampersand just the A-N-D and and Ricky and Clive wrestling show on Instagram I also do the 205 live columns for SocialSuperplex.com. you can find them on Lords of Pain's main page as well Uh, there is more coffee in my system right now than the whole of Columbia, so (laughs) that's all I've got to add
2: Rick, before you get out of here, you want to say something to the people?
0: Uh, No, we just appreciate you having us on and if you want to see weekly selfies of myself, you can do, you can find me on Facebook, I post regular selfies and that's all I post I
2: had to ask
0: I had
2: to ask (laughs) Uh, Kyle, go ahead, man. Tell them where they can find you.
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. That's capital D little R big S M O R E S.
2: Carl. Yeah, you
1: guys, uh, first of all, I do want to say, I'm really glad we finally were able to get Ricky and Clive. I know we've talked about it like a thousand times. So, um, sorry, I'm not very reliable, but I hear we I are. Already
2: had to get on the, I only had to get on the show like 45 times before you got <laughs> on with yeah, me.
1: Yeah, so that's my bad, but as our truth might say, that's my bad. But we <laughs> did it, so I'm happy for that. Kyle, it's cool to finally get a chance to have you on and speak to you as well. Uh, but you guys, you can find me uh, on Twitter at outsidercurvin, K-E-R-V-I-N. That's my only social media. No Instagram, no Facebook, none of that shit. So that's where you'll <laughs> find me, shooting out my bad takes all day long.
2: Got any comments coming up?
1: Mm, yeah, I've been working on a little something here for the chair shot. Been been working for a while now. Uh at least two or three months now I've been working on this specific column. I I have a title and uh Uh-oh. get ready. It's coming soon, maybe by Christmas. <laughs> twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: I
4: think um Dan Matha will be the champion before your calling. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man. So, there's a joke. Me, Ricky, and Clive have a group message, and the picture of it is Connor Reeves because that's Clive's re- favorite wrestler. We're going to have to change this damn Matha now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hashtag give Matha a chance.
2: Give Matha a chance. Um, you can find me at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in Dollars. Uh, you can follow the show, where we never tweet at, but promise we will eventually, at Outsiders Edge SS. Uh, Social Suplex Podcast Podcast Network, of course, is where you can find all of our stuff. You can find that anywhere. You listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast Addict, everything. Uh, you can also follow that at Social Suplex on Twitter. Uh, Ricky and Clive, of course, said you can follow them at Ricky and Clive. Uh, they have one of the most fun shows on the network, please give them a listen Thanks. One Nation Radio is the flagship uh, with Rich Lauder, you can follow that at One Nation Radio Keeping a Strong Style is our New Japan show with Jeremy and Josh, follow them at K.I. Strong Style and we have our specific indie show for you guys who love indie wrestling uh, with James and Chris uh, that is Grown Men, watch this shit you can follow that at Grown Men Pod um, I write for the chair shot. I am in the process myself of writing a column. I've been on hiatus for about a month, but I'll be back. Uh, definitely soon. Probably this sometime this weekend with a new column. So be looking out for that. Uh, but other than that, man, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting Uh big show next week. Uh, so give that a listen and, uh, anything you want to say before we go guys? Love you guys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> as
2: as Cara would like me to say, don't forget mm. that <laughs> you know we all, all five of us, are trying our best and we are following our dreams. So if you did not like this show, you have to respect that we tried. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Take care. Night
4: night.